to say 2020 is crazy would be an understatement. We are now in the midst of a civil rights movement, one of the biggest the country has ever seen. And now, after the initial protests and policy changes have died down, the question becomes, is what's next? Where do we move to? What steps do we take to better ourselves in the future to make this all last? That's what we discussed today. After looking deeply into Milwaukee's past and seg with segregation, crime, and poverty last time, today we dive into the present and the future of Milwaukee and what steps we can take as a city to make these changes, make the civil rights movement worth it and make the changes that everyone wants to see. We're talking all about it right now on the RCDR Life, our Milwaukee podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the RCDR Live, our Milwaukee podcast. As always, my name is Luke Rosco. I uh, hope everyone had a fantastic Fourth of July this past weekend. It's been it was a little different than most Fourth of Julys, but uh, still a fantastic holiday uh, to celebrate. Me and the and me and the family we took a, uh, a vacation up to the uh, the North Woods of Wisconsin, up north. Uh, one of a uh, fantastic vacation spot if you ask any Wisconsinite, uh, but not so fantastic for me right now because not only was I uh, shunned to the basement to do my podcasting here uh, with the family, but I also, some type of creature, vermin, <laughs> some type of flying rascal, uh, bit my ankle yesterday, part of the part of the Northwoods experience, and, uh, you know, instead of being just a normal mosquito bite, it kind of swelled up and ballooned up, and I don't know if I'm allergic or some type of, I don't know, some type of bad things about to happen, but nevertheless, I got a swelled up ankle and a fantastic podcast episode uh, for you right now, because uh, this is our second part of our two-part series uh, in these looking at Milwaukee through the social change, through the uh, segregation lens that we now, in the civil rights movement that we now live in. Uh, last week, we dove into segregation. We dove into Milwaukee's past, how we got segregated, some of the crime and the poverty and some of the bad stuff in this city. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty miraculous story, so go check that one out. Uh, that's last week's episode, and today we're going to look at the present and the future of Milwaukee. Uh, want to talk about the Milwaukee Renaissance, where we are now, and why some people are looking at the Renaissance through the wrong angle, and also uh, taking looking at the future, what happens next, uh, giving my takes on how to make these, uh, how to make Milwaukee a better place after all said and done. So let's start with uh, where we are right now, and the best way we got to discuss this is number one, we got to discuss <laughs> where we are and where we stand, and we are in Milwaukee is considered part of the Rust. Belt. <laughs> the, that is the Midwest, encompasses Midwest, former industrial hubs, uh, and these the, the name is, is revolved around that these the, those cities' glory days are drying up, that these cities struggle with crime, with poverty, with segregation, with gun violence, uh, and as we talked about, a lot of those, all those cities face the same problems Milwaukee faced that, and uh, the, the ones that we talked about last week's episode. Now, Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Renaissance is uh, something get, that gets taken <laughs> in all different ways. Uh, some people believe it. Some people think it's the best thing since sliced bread. And some people think uh, it and anyone who believes it is a bunch of a bunch of Looney Tunes. Um, I, I, I don't I don't think I think people are not seeing the full picture. I think there's a 
a deeper message that that's what I'm trying to point out here. But uh, it was coined. The thing was kind of t- coined by Tom Barrett. Uh, uh, he is just as much <laughs> disliked as the Renaissance and his hop. But nevertheless, he gets elected to five consecutive terms, so I don't understand that. But nevertheless, uh, and the Renaissance focuses on the downtown areas, uh, the hop, its tourism development, the Bucks New Arena, uh, the Deer District, all sorts of good stuff. And Tom Bear keeps pushing it, and development keeps happening. Happening, so some it appears to be working. People seem to be believing it because he once again keeps getting elected. So the Renaissance is where I want to start because it is interesting talking to point. Uh, into where Milwaukee was, is currently. Milwaukee was in a bad place in 1970 onward. Just like all Midwestern industrial powerhouses, they lost their socioeconomic identity. And obviously a lot of bad things happen because of that. Um, as we talked about last week, these bad things run deep. They're not an easy fix. Uh, and this is where people take the pessimistic side of things. They say these problems aren't fixed. We still have crime. We still have poverty. We still have segregation. So the Renaissance is, hasn't done diddly squat. And Tom Barrett's the biggest fool in the history of politics. Now, I say, hold up. Wait a second. Now, I think of myself as a positive person. So I'm going to take the pro-Milwaukee side of the argument and point out some things that I think people are missing. Number one, poverty, homicides, unemployment rates uh, have all gone in the right direction in the last couple of years. All-time low unemployment rate. We were down 33% in homicides in 2015, a couple months ago. Uh, And so moral of the story is, yes, the Renaissance movement does, in fact, help everyone in the city. It focuses a lot on that development, but there's also some trickling effects in other parts. Again, we're moving past kind of that downfall period from 1970 to right around 2000. Secondly, we got to understand that tourism drives this country, and it's a simple fact that Midwestern cities do not have a brand. Brands are made off of tourism. You live or you live in a fraction of the number of cities that you have visited. Meaning that I've only lived, I've lived in you know three cities, but I visited. X amount of cities. I mean, think about it. How many cities have you lived in versus how many cities have you visited? How many cities have you been a tourist in? And that is where brands are developed. That is where national brands are developed because people, tourism drives this country. Tourism is important. It also has good impacts on the residents of the city. Tourism is development. Tourism is good things. And this is where I feel a lot about Milwaukeeans have taken the negative side of the story when it comes to their city. Not all, but some. Because Milwaukee, Milwaukee doesn't have a brand. Milwaukee is underrated, for a lack of a better term. Uh, I would have to tell people at airports, I always get a, a chuckle out of this, because, you know, I was little, the TSA guy or the United check-in agent or whatever, you know, when you were traveling, would always, me as a little kid, would ask me, you know, where are you from or whatnot. And my parents would always tell me j- tell me just to say Chicago because, you know, th- th- nobody knows where Milwaukee is. The best thing to do is just say Chicago. And I was, you know, a clueless eight-year-old, uh, and I, I just blindly said that. But nevertheless, I now I'm feeling like, wait a second. But nevertheless, people don't know where Milwaukee is. Milwaukee doesn't have a brand. Uh, and, you know, Chicago is close enough, so I said Chicago. Uh, and when you say when you're from Milwaukee, the, the, what, truthfully, what do people say in return? Do they say, oh, my God, it's been there, I've been there, and it's so awesome, or it's so beautiful, or I've heard so, so many good things? No, they kind of stare at you with a blank face and make up some BS about how their great-grandmother's cousin's dog sister lived near Sheboygan for 10 years which kind of somehow sorts of is supposed to correlate and you know say that they've 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 been there they've been in Wisconsin whatnot this is again further evidence that Milwaukee doesn't have a brand nobody knows about us <laughs> nobody comes to tourism previously and some people don't even know where we're on a map we're just kind of I mean we're in Chicago's shadow 
literally and figuratively. Um, and this is compared to a city that America thinks is, is thriving. Chicago, L.A., San Francisco. If you live in one of these cities or from one of these cities, people give you all sorts of praise uh, and give you all sorts of praise to that city. And you say you're from San Francisco. If someone says they're from San Francisco, what do people say in return? Oh, my God, it's so beautiful. And the full house and the Golden Gate Bridge. And, oh, my God, tourism, 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 tourism. When you're, again, when you're from, when when you say from your from Milwaukee, people don't know. <laughs> um, and this is where again it, it kind of correlates because when Milwaukeeans never get that kind of reimbursement, kind of get that praise, kind of get that praise for for tourism, people that visit Milwaukee don't again don't come and visit, so they don't. No one can give praise to Milwaukee because they've never visited. And again, the local the local media, which is nothing against them, has to encompass everything. So they encompass just as much as the bad as the good. So the so segregated city of America gets thrown around like stinking sand on Bradford Beach, at least locally. Now, nationally, I don't know what people think about that. Again, I don't think people even, I don't think people have a clue because they don't even have a clue where we are on a map. So I don't think so. But nevertheless, that's what they do. San Francisco, uh, Chicago. L.A. has all sorts of crime. They have all sorts of bad things, just like Milwaukee. But because you are a tourist, because there is a tourist, the tourists don't see those bad areas. I mean, should we talk about the homeless population in San Francisco or the fact that 18 people were murdered in one day in Chicago? Seriously? And I know what you're going to say. Oh, that happens in Milwaukee all day. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I mean, we consider that literally a terrorist attack. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. But nevertheless, uh, bad things happen in those cities. Uh, and Milwaukee has no other choice to focus on the bad things because no one ever tells us about how great we are or how how great our good parts are because no one's ever been to the good parts because nobody uh, even knows about the good part. No one no even knows about the city. Uh, so I know people and have known people who've come to Milwaukee for the first time and they've absolutely loved it. I'm serious. Multiple people. They were tourists and they've say, they've say wow, this is awesome. This is cool. These good parts, these downtown area, the, the this, the that, the this, the development is fantastic. I loved it. I would come back. That's what they say. Uh, they realize what they've been missing for a good portion of their life. And that's what the Milwaukee Renaissance does and what people don't understand it. It makes Milwaukee's good parts, our downtown Town, our tourism, our tourism parts, our touristic, our domes, our art museum, our Bradford Beach, our Third Ward, uh, as good as any other city. Walk through the Third Ward and tell me how many gunshots you hear. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it none because it's a thriving neighborhood. Walk down Brady Street, walk down uh, Kilbourne Avenue, and say, "Wow, Chicago is much more beautiful." No. It's it, these are good as any other city. It's it's it as good as any other city because they, that is what the Milwaukee Renaissance does. We took an abandoned highway, an abandoned highway, literally was an abandoned highway that was just as that was downtown. It was downtown uh, ten years ago. You know the the old Park East Freeway and turned it not only into a state of the art arena that was capable enough, that was uh you know good enough, that was up upbeat enough to host the Democratic National Convention, or so we thought, <laughs> and its neighborhood, the Deer District, which is now thriving just as well. I mean, think about think about where we were 10 years ago. 10 years ago, the DNC wasn't coming here, that's for sure, and there still aren't, but at least they had planned on coming at one point pre-pandemic. Uh, the Bucks, remember this, the Bucks were threatening to leave without a new arena. You know, they were playing in the 28, 38-year-old uh, Bradley Center. Uh, uh, and now the visor, uh, state-of-the-art facility, the Deer District, and, and all in the other, uh, the all that whole area now is thriving compared to a 
abandoned highway. <laughs> We've also got a streetcar system, although most people seem to hate it. So I agree. The Renaissance does. <laughs> the Renaissance done focus a lot of its attention on tourism and focus on the downtown. But it has made those areas just as good as anyone else. Our good areas right now are as good as any other cities. The problem is, is our bad areas are just as bad as anybody. And 10 years ago, our good areas were not our good parts. Our tourism was not as good as it is right now. And that you credit to the Milwaukee Renaissance. That's what you credit to the development area. That's what you credit to the, the Pfizer and the New Northwestern Mutual Building and all our other developments and the Grand Avenue Mall. I mean, the Grand Avenue Mall is sitting there abandoned. Now it's construction, development. We still have work to do. We still have work to do. Uh, in terms of our batteries, but right now our good areas are as good as they can be, as a good as an as a as in any city in this country. I would even contest to this world, but nevertheless, uh, at least in this country. And, and the also last thing is tourism is a good thing. It does help a city grow. It does it does produce jobs. There's construction jobs and there's development jobs and there's business opportunities. I mean, remember people, this is free market capitalism here. We thrive on business. I mean, we shut down restaurants, and what happened? Pooh, the economy tanked. I mean, seriously, we this country goes along business. Development encourages business, big business. And that's what, again, the Milwaukee Renaissance does, tourism does. Uh, and so, again, our good areas right now are tourism areas. We are encouraging tourism. We are encouraging development. And right now, they are as good as any part any part uh, or any good parts of any other city but we still have work to do because our bad parts are in, uh, are as just as bad as any other city and that's what we're going to talk about next how we move forward all right now i'm no politician uh, but I consider myself well versed in the subject, and I've been I've been given some thought about what's next, especially in this racial climate and the civil rights movement that we now live in. So I'm going to give you my five steps uh, in moving Milwaukee into the top tier of cities to there to have people not uh, only want to visit here but also live in the Wisconsin metropolis that is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Right now, a lot of people want to visit. Our tourism numbers are going up. Now we got to get people to want to live in the city. And that's a lot of the how we do is we fix a lot of the bad parts. We fix a lot of our, our bad neighborhoods. And this is the five steps I would take. Now, this is this is going off the basis that I have ultimate authority. I have ultimate money. There is no checks and balances. There is no common council. I have ultimate authority. This single, like a monarchy. Uh, so this would be this would be the steps I would take to restore Milwaukee, to take Milwaukee's bad parts uh, to as good as anyone, just as our good parts are. Uh, in no particular order, number one, I would start with uh, police brutality. Now, this is obviously a topic on everyone American's mind, but it's still ridiculous. It's still ridiculous that people die, that people are killed innocently by police, whether that is racially, uh, in, uh, racially motivated or what. Nevertheless, the fact of the matter is, is that people should not be dying at the hands of police, especially when they are innocent. <laughs> it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help the family. It doesn't help. Any, it just doesn't help anybody for having police go around recklessly, recklessly causing ha ha havoc on their cities. Number two, I would rework the budget. Now, there's a lot of this is the whole defund the police. And again, this gets misconstrued and people now think that we want to abolish the police. Now, there are some people, but, but, but a lot of people me included, uh, we're kind of off the whole, or not off, but just kind of 50-50 on the whole defund the police, it doesn't really matter, uh, to now 100% defund the police. Because this is what I would say, we got to create a good a good sum of money, whether it's through the county, whether it's through taking rid of the, getting, cutting the police budget, whether it's cutting, um, you know, the mayor, the common council salary, anywhere else, a city that could take a good portion of money, a good couple tens of millions of dollars, and have that ready for our next step, which would be 
pull an FDR. <laughs> that would be number three. Create an, a, pull an FDR in terms of a new deal, in terms of government-sponsored, uh, along with independent, but mainly government-sponsored jobs. Because once again, jobs, as we saw in last week's episode, are just as important. Jobs create upward mobility. Jobs create more development. Jobs are just good things in general, at least in my opinion. So I would take that sum of money, and there are, there are good ideas all around this country. How to get people in jobs and if you had a good amount of money uh, you could create a lot of jobs like that because a lot of people a lot of people and it's somewhat true is that <laughs> there's these good ideas and they never get instituted in Milwaukee because of the one issue that where's the cold hard cash you know every, the common council mayor everyone's on on the same page of let's do this let's help people out let's you know let's let's improve uh and then it comes down to wait a second how do we actually fund that and that's where some of the defund the police is some of that is is you know that's where that's derived from you know why do our police need to have stinking military vehicles when that money could be better used but nevertheless i would say just in general government had a good sum of money they could create a lot of different job opportunities and all these different ideas they don't have to create new ideas they just have to just implement the ideas that are used sporadically in different cities. Uh, number four I would, is still encourage development. Again, I think development is good. Development encourages big business. Uh, one of the examples I point to here is kind of that the Sherman Phoenix, the Sherman Park neighborhood, after the 2016 um, unrest there was some, or there was, it was basically violent. It was a bad, it was a bad space. And two, two women kind of got on their, got off their butts and uh, turned it into something that's absolutely fantastic. And it's just kind of a big communal indoor strip mall with just different businesses, with different small businesses, with different foods. Uh, and it's thriving right now. There's a waiting list of people that want to get in there. And a lot of them are black business owners. There are people that, that are in a much better position if they have their own business running at the sh at the, at the uh, Sherman Phoenix. And not only do those, does, does, that, does the owner uh, benefit from that, but also all the the managers and the, the employees and all that other stuff and all the people that come and visit. I mean, there's just endless good things when it comes to development. So development is a good thing, uh, especially if, uh, yeah, especially if you get people, uh, give people that upward mobility, you encourage development. There's industrial development, which again, that's as we talked about last week is the key was the key to Milwaukee's success early on. Uh, so again, a good thing. Development is a good thing. And finally, I would expand. I know you're really going to hate me for this one. <laughs> I would expand the hop. I would expand it to 10 times bigger than what the what the current HOPS future plans are going to be. I would expand it everywhere because as, as I've said before on a couple podcasts ago, I said transportation is the number one factor in an, an individual's ability to escape poverty. HOP, HOP galore. I would make it all in Milwaukee County and I would make it everywhere. I would go from West Dallas to the Third Ward, from Tosa to Shorewood. It would be everywhere. It would be expansive. People could easily transport themselves throughout Milwaukee County. Jobs, good things, development, just good things come from public transportation, and that's why I would expand the hub. All right, that is all we have for you today here on the Our City, Our Life, Our Milwaukee podcast. Again, a quick little two- Two episode, two week series, mini series uh, addressing the f the past, the present, and then the future uh, in this kind of racial uh, civil rights climate that we now live in. I thought it fit in well. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Uh, but next, we will be back to our normally scheduled uh, programming. I guess you would say, kind of our news, reactions, takes, highlights, stuff like that. Uh, we're talking all sorts of good stuff next week. Uh, so for now, hope you had a fantastic Fourth of July. My name is Luke Orozco. Please remember to subscribe, rate, review, do whatever you have to do. For now, my name is Luke Orozco. We'll see you next time here on the RCDR Life R Milwaukee podcast. Peace.